listeners, it's Philip here, and by the music, you know that it's another episode of the Doubles Alley. I'm here with my cousin Mark and my uh, brother Peter. It's uh, our special holiday edition where we give prospective gifts to the people in the world who least need it. Um, the the best the best of the best. We're we're gonna be giving stocking stuffers to the people in the ATP ranked between 30 and 16 and then for the top 15 we're going to give full on Christmas presents or in this case Hanukkah presents uh, because it's the first night Um, yeah so but before we get started uh, we were just sort of thinking before the podcast what could the top three conceivably ask for from their spouses that they would actually want uh, and Peter, you had an idea for Rafa. Yeah, so um, my idea for Rafa is, so for him and for the others, it's like they have access to everything. It's like buying something for somebody who has everything, impossible. We've been there. Um, but I think what Nadal would actually really, really appreciate is if um, his his family gave him the gift of, um, having to do, having nothing, ha- being left alone for a day, <laughs> having no responsibility to, he could just be totally by himself. Um, maybe a little conversation if he wants it, but he gets to he choose. Could, he, when, yeah. He could text uh, Mark Lopez or Juan Monaco for that. Yeah. Um, and he can just chill out, uh, relax and really just like have, uh, not have to be um, on his A game at all. Yeah, I think he would love to just play during, golf during, by himself. During a tournament week or just any day in the calendar year? Uh, I guess just like any day. Probably ideally during the off season, right? So that he can, because that's when he can really enjoy himself anyway. Um, I'm not sure if he has any off days, but maybe if it's an off day. and I just think... Uh, He's got so many competing things from on and off the court, from sponsorships to family obligations to, um, to, to job obligations that I think just a day where he can actually chill out would be great. Yeah, I actually, I think that would be what he asks for. I think my, I think what Federer would ask for is something similar. So I think Mirka is the one who's in charge of his finances. And so... I think she's the one who maybe pushes him to go to South America during the off season. And <laughs> like, why is he traveling to Colombia when he's like in a plane so much during the year and like he should be preserving his body? So what I think he would ask for is just like particularly when there's a coup. Yeah, not, yeah. Not only did he have to go, there was like some type of riot in the streets or something when he was there. Yeah, I think he would ask for a week away from just being the money-making factory that he is just like a free pass from mirka not to like do it up with one of the acapulco ball girls but to like not be making money yeah i think i think i think you're probably right i i I think you know I'm, i'm wondering if if like he would also like tickets to some random like he, you know, those few times where he sort of gets angry on the court or smashes a racket, or you know, like the like when he was uh, in his towel just telling um, Zverev to fucking fist pump after every point during the 
what do they call it, the labor cup, you know, when it's sort of like rough, he gets in touch with his alter ego. So I'm thinking tickets maybe to some type of headbanger thing, you know, <laughs> something where he can go incognito for a few days. Like a Metallica concert. Yeah, maybe an ape suit. <laughs> you know, tickets to like a mashup truck thing, some type of monster truck fest, yeah, some Red Bull thing, you know. Just you know to, what just he would want to be? He would want to be like, the mascot at like an NBA game for a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Kind of along those lines. I, I'm I'm torn between two things with Novak. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off something that Peter mentioned earlier. You know, one of his hot takes earlier in the year is that one of the reasons why I believe he's referring to Novak that Novak is a little bit under the world radar is because he just doesn't have outstanding hair. You know, he doesn't have anything. <laughs> He doesn't have anything Zoolander-ish. He doesn't have anything that makes him look like the uh, the Zohan. And so what I was thinking is like a hair weave or something. That would be one option. Like just something <laughs> for even if it's just for a month where maybe, you know, he's like he gets in touch with sort of like his the junior Andre Agassi. Yeah, and then the second thing the, I was thinking is he really an does want to have an affair is that maybe his wife gives him another child. And so then he's just sort of told to get out of the house so he doesn't get in the way. And then he almost is sort of forced into an affair. I would say one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Because I don't think there's anybody who plays better tennis when he's cheating on his wife. Not <laughs> when he gets caught. I'm just yeah, so that about. would be a gift to all of us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, I mean, however, however they, you know, cloak the request... You know, we know what the underlying motive is. But for Nadal, I would say, I would add to that. If his wife could somehow pay others to just leave him alone, not just people in the family, but just, like, not snap photos, you know, not not sort of try to ingrain. I mean, they got the poor guy, as you've said. I mean, we, <laughs> my guess is it's probably thousands of photos a day he has to take during tournaments. So some type of, some type of respite from that. Yeah, I think you'd like that. So let's uh, let's go to a few of the lower ranked players. We're going to start with number thirty, and I'd like to remark that um, actually this was a pretty great Christmas present to me that Milos Raonic is not in the top thirty; he's thirty one <laughs> in the world. So uh, thanks God, thanks Santa. Um, but Mark, we're going to start with you for Nick Kyrgios. Do you have a gift for him, um, or should I give him my gift? I mean, I was definitely, you know, so let me, let me throw in a little side gift. I think he does need to do one of those Tony Robbins weekend retreats or week <laughs> retreats. I think that, you know, I definitely, and like they take everything else from him so he has no choice. You know, like the only way he can sort of get a serve back is if he completes the retreat. So that would be at least my stocking stuffer for him. But in heat, it feels like he deserves a little bit more than a stocking stuffer, so... I'll leave it to you to get the larger gift. Yeah, yeah. So the larger gift is a time machine, so he he can go back to when he was nineteen, right? A, or yeah, right after he beat Rafa at Wimbledon, and just completely redo what he did in his career after that. With the exception of what? With the exception of what's what's his one proud moment? Is it the finals of Shanghai? Is it the demolition he pulled off in Acapulco? Is there anything he wouldn't take back? Do you think? Yeah, probably Acapulco. Uh, he had some really <laughs> thrilling matches against Federer that I don't think he'd take back. Uh, yeah. He wouldn't take back the, his head-to-head -head against Djokovic. But <laughs> in general, I think uh, yeah, he's never been top ten in the world, and there's no reason for that. 
and I guess so. So we're gonna go rapid fire until number sixteen in the world, and so my gift to number twenty nine, uh, Joe Wilfred Songa, is uh, I'm gonna give him a curly mustache. Um, I think every Frenchman should have one at some point, and it'll also be a good thing on his resume for a transition to his after tennis career as a pastry chef. Mm. Are we talking a Salvador Salvador Dali mustache? Are we talking more like the old relief, you know, like the, like the MLB closure type of just thick? Uh, Sal- Salvador Dali. Okay. And uh, I have this question about Sanga. What do you think his favorite pastry is? Chocolate eclair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably... That's racist. I know. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with tart, uh, lemon tart. Tart. Lemon meringue. Yeah, I mean the fact that he's in the fact that he's in this conversation right now is, is fairly impressive. So just the fact that he's getting any stocking stuff for it all, he should be pretty happy. Peter, what are you gonna give George? George, so before I start, I'm gonna say that um, there are two themes that are running through my gifts. Um, not all of them. I think 15 out of the the 20 gifts I'm giving fit these themes. Um, and uh, I'm gonna see if you guys can guess what it is as I progress through the the podcast. Um, but for Chorich, uh, the stocking stuffer uh, was a wrench. Um, at his best, he's he has a machine-like game, and the machine needs a revamp. Um, the machine needs a recalibration. And then as the main gift, I'm giving him CPR and, and an EpiPen shot. Uh, to the heart. If we've learned anything from Jack Sock, it's that we should pay careful attention when um, a slip is when when yeah. there when there is when there is real slippage going on. Yeah, that's uh, that's thoughtful. Um, yeah, those are those. Are, I think he especially like uh, like the CPR. Um, <laughs> So, Pablo Carreño Busta, Mark, do you have a gift for him? Speaking of someone who'd like CPR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A gift Sorry. for him can be CPR from Chorich. Is it, is it, this is me, right? Yeah. So, we're, we're, we're going to, he's going to get what's called a, a quick name adjustment, name modification. You know, there's just nothing. I mean, again, my, my knowledge of Spanish is pretty cursory, but that, the almost entire name, even the Pablo, is about as feminine as it gets. <laughs> So what we're gonna do is we're gonna just have, we're gonna have middle name replacement surgery. We're gonna change Carreño to Escobar, and that's gonna give him. It's gonna be. <laughs> Pablo Escobar. <That's> <laughs> <laughs> and we're just doing a one-letter spin in the last name. It's gonna be Busto. Busto. So Pablo Escobar Busto. Okay. Now I'm just saying. You know, be wary if you try to beat him in a big match. You know, he's got friends in high places. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's no, that's, great that's perfect. That'll go great with the nail polish you got two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Vili, uh I'm giving him a face tattoo um, so people will know who he is. Like, I'm a tennis fan, and I still have no idea what he looks like. I have no idea. Uh, other than that, he has a weird flag next to his name. So I think this would at least separate him from Puxovich. 
What, where is he from? Is that up? I think he's from Georgia. either Georgia. Georgia, yeah, and Foxovich is from Hungary, and I like always mix the two of them up. Should we put a hyphen? Should he get a, a hyphen surgery as well? Should there be a, a hyphen somewhere in his last name? So after the bass, so bass hyphen Ilash Vili, bass Ilash hyphen Vili. Yes. Yes, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking after the S. The other, the other idea I had um, is like a basilisk's tooth because uh, it was used for uh, for defeating a Horcrux in uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> so and Basilash Vili, you know, um, that would be perfect for him. But yeah, um, so Peter Guido Pella. So Mark and I both have gifts for him. I'll go first. Um, for the uh, gift, I'm going to give him a big slab of Argentine beef for to beef up his second serve. Um, and then for the stocking stuffer, I'm going to give him an all-expenses-paid exp- all trip to Atlantic City to visit the, 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 his, the place of his namesake. <laughs> Guido. Guido. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably many of them. <laughs> Add yeah, to that. It would be so popular there. To add to that, I mean, I think it just must, it almost pains the Argentines to see him go further in a tournament than Del Potro, because it either implies that Del Potro didn't play, or that, you know, somehow he he, he, he got upset in the early rounds, but that they just can't get pumped for him. You know, it's not like, you know, Del Potro, what are they going to say? Bela. You know, so it's just, it's. I think it's tough for them to uh, to... to cheer for him but so he can get you know a, a critical mass of argentines i would say just for del potro just to say i'm injured for the year and then he'll sort of get <laughs> a larger argentine back in I, I i have not seen maybe you've seen him play live i just can't imagine there this he gets the sort of same you know fanfare that del potro does even though right now he's ranked higher yeah i mean uh that said, that Davis Cup team from Argentina could be pretty stacked if Del Potro, because Schwartzman was the number one this year. Oh, that's right. And so Pella would be three, and Del Po would be pretty, one. Yeah, that would be a and stacked Mayer's, team. Mayer's pretty nasty, too. Yeah. 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 All right, so Benoit Pear, Mark, do you have um, a partridge in a pear tree for him? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he needs sort of, he needs us. I, I actually said that he needs you to call his matches. So my <laughs> gift to him is a chance to have sort of Philip Sofer and to a lesser extent Mark Elman and, and uh, Peter Sofer do his bidding. Because I'm telling you, we can, some people, he gets sort of lost in the French shuffle even though he does have the best beard. But when people realize how much fun you can have with his name, yeah. I think it's, it's, it, it is a game changer. I promise and you, we could market the hell out of that guy. <laughs> yeah, so he just needs a better market. Benoit, if you're listening, um, yeah, I agree. I, I, I'll, get, I'll clap a pair of my hands uh, yeah. for that gift. I think he just needs us. If, if we could do, if, if we were his marketing team, we'd have him top 16. And believe <laughs> me, people would tune in just to hear what we were going to say about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so with Rublev, what I got him is uh, the haircut. 
is x-ray vision because he just looks like a superhero villain so that could really just be the final touch for for stocking stuffer can we get him what mark was alluding to a new bowl for his haircut the poodle cut the poodle the poodle for sure yeah yeah um all right uh so next up is luca pui luca pui okay so for the gift i'm giving him a race car because let's be honest yeah. all pui really wants to do is dial up the risk and see what happens um and then for the stocking stuffer i'm giving him a cat as a daily reminder that no one gives a fuck about him uh <laughs> unless he actually sustains a leap into the top 10 yeah that's a good gift because the cat won't <laughs> give a fuck about him um i I yeah. would say that if he gets to play the Australian Open twice a year, I mean the fact that I guess he had that he was the one with the crazy match against uh, uh, Pablo Escobar uh, Busto or yeah. the yeah. bag throwing match. Yeah, I think that was Nishikori. That was amazing. Anyway, but he did make the semifinals of the Aussie Open last year. I mean, it's it's sort of amazing that he's only 22 in the world with a like semifinal of a Grand Slam on his resume. He's gonna lose half his points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's hardly an aside. He is only 25, and these players don't peak anymore until they're 28 or 29. So but the guy in needs, front of him is only 19, though. True, true, true. He need, he needs a bunch of Frenchmen. He he actually needs the other Frenchmen to get. He needs he needs to get rid of. Them. <laughs> he that needs like three or four people of his <laughs> compatriots to get in. Because <laughs> I really do. I mean, to be honest with you, he I don't even think of him before maybe. Like I don't think of him. I'll think of Songa. I might even think of like, like who's the one, Chardy. I might Chardy. even think of, but like his name, his name doesn't even cross my mind for more than four seconds. Yeah, agreed. What about Mark? What did you get, Felix Ojeda-Aliassime? Yeah, so I, he gets a week. He gets a week of serving lessons. He gets the first three days. He gets some first serving lessons from uh, the aforementioned Nick Kyrgios. Uh, the next three days, he gets serving lessons from Roger Federer uh, to kind of just learn the sort of the art of the smooth serve. And then the last day, he gets kick serving lessons from Rafa. So he gets he gets a week of serving lessons. And then um, he gets to be coached. He gets to be coached during a match. He gets to have a coach come in after the first set and help him make adjustments. But the <laughs> serving lessons are the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good because... He's just, his second serve is, like, the hardest thing to watch in tennis right now. He has everything else in his game. Um, but, yeah, that's a pretty good gift. Uh, for Grigor Dimitrov, I'm giving him socks without holes in them. Because uh, a healthy jack sock means that the <laughs> underachievement onus won't be on him. Uh, as shown, like, jack socks... Pretty much only ATP tournament this year was the U.S. Open, and Grigor made it to semifinals, um, raising his ranking up from like seventy to twenty. Um, no, and he I got think... it up to twenty-eight, and then he made the semis at Paris. I mean, literally, he won. A... It says that he won twenty-two matches, but I guess in probably in three tournaments, most of those matches were bunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He was having a nightmare season I mean, until Jack Sock came back, and then he probably would have been out of the top 100 had he not gotten a good draw in the U.S. Open. 
and then he kind of took it from there. But he ended up making two million bucks last year, and my guess is before the U.S. Open, he might have been at three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand. He may have won a couple matches in Australia and then just sort of tanked after that. But yeah, that uh, that U.S. Open draw saved his life, literally yeah. his career. <laughs> yeah, uh, a career that might have been ruined by playing Stan Wawrinka five tournaments in it <laughs> in the first round. But yeah, uh, John Isner. Who John, ha- who has I, Isner? I got Isner. So my gift is is a. Uh, a top hat to add even more height to his presence. <laughs> yeah. And and my uh, stocking stuffer is a thimble to encourage a sewing hobby that might add finesse to his game. Ooh. <clears throat> I like it. <clears throat> he would look like a Blinken. Yeah, I think maybe Paris Beer. He might, might, might try to fit <laughs> I think so. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? I don't know if he could grow a beard, but if he could. Yeah. Be pretty intimidating. I think he would like a MAGA hat, but he probably already <laughs> has one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Now, he but he, he could use other colors. Yeah, I mean, he's already he's al- he, he's already golfed with sock at Augusta, so maybe we could get him a, a weekend at Dural. <laughs> I got a feeling that Isner knows how to stay out of any hot water. This guy is a genius in sort of being the Switzerland of human beings. Dude, apparent, like apparent, no, his Twitter, he, uh, oh. his Twitter, he likes uh, a lot of things that uh, oh, okay. the typical tennis uh, journalist uh, does not like. Um, I see. And so, uh, yeah, that's the sort of what I was referring to. Yeah, I, I, I bet I, he'd I fit in some... though if he could have a week. If I bet he'd love a weekend at the. Uh, at the Bryan's house in Nantucket. Yeah. I didn't even know the Bryan's had a house in Nantucket. I just assume they have a house in Nantucket. I assume it. Neither that or Mark Virginia. So on to Alex <laughs> de Menor. Yeah. I wrote that he needs to have a Medvedev moment because that that little third-round moment that Medvedev had at the U.S. Open when he was playing Feliciano, oh, yeah, I think it was, was like awesome. a big game pitch. I know that he was the hot player going into the tournament, but it's sort of, you know, he needs some press, even if it's bad press. I mean, Medvedev translated that bad press into some really good tennis and then converted, because of the good tennis, bad press into good press and learned that you could win over a crowd pretty quickly just by sort of, you know, a little self-deprecation. So I think if he has a moment, at least he'll get he'll get a little, you know, because people just forget that he's even part of the Australian conversation. He's top 20, he had a huge year. You know, when, you're, when your ranking's as high, if not higher than your age, you've done well. Yeah, that's a good that's a good gift. Um, for Kachanov at seventeen, I, uh, you know, I trust that he is um, like well schooled in doping, just because he's Russian and the Russians have been um, kicked out of all international competition for like four years because of their Olympic stuff. But um, I think he's doping the wrong way and he needs like a tutorial from lance armstrong because uh he needs to do more fitness doping because he runs out of stamina a little too early in best of five matches so if he can do what the russians already have him doing plus what lance does i think he would really be uh a a physical um force i agree good call good call stand the man all right so um 
the gift and the stocking stuffer are somewhat related. For the gift, I'm giving him a battleship to provide stable foundation for restocking his bombs. We saw some of that big boy uh, tennis um, in the U.S. Open, but um, he didn't really have enough. Um, but um, we, he... He just needs to. He just needs to be more steady with his big game, and I think I think he could, he could, uh, he could have a more successful, um, uh, twenty twenty. Um, for the do you stock- think he's? Do you think this guy can climb the ladder even more? I mean, his comeback has been impressive. He probably was a hundred or hundred and fifty. Do you think there's room for this guy to climb? He can climb his way back in the top ten, or does he need Murray to win a Grand Slam? And then he knows that he at least wants to be tied with Murray. He always finds a way. So, yeah, good point. I I don't know. I think that he did. There was a a little part of the um, U.S. Open where he did look like his former self for a brief second. So maybe it's in there somewhere. I think he just tired. I he played in the quarters against. Medvedev, right? And Medvedev was the hot player. Yeah, it was Medvedev. So there's probably no shame in losing to Medvedev anyway. Yeah, and he beat an injured Djokovic. So maybe he just looked better because he was playing Djokovic while he was when Djokovic was injured. But he was hitting the ball well. Like, okay, Djokovic is not injured. He, Stan probably gets one set at least. You know, yeah. pushes him in the tiebreak. So it looked like he was a little bit his old self. Yeah. And then, relatedly, as a stocking stuffer, I'm going to give him a lead pipe because he's a guy who seems... Like he appreciates using blunt objects to lay the boom. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it at that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. I think if he were like a character in Clue, he would have done it with the lead, with the candlestick. Mm. So you know, um, that could work. All right. So the top fifteen is coming up, but uh, to celebrate this moment, we're gonna take a small break and uh, listen to a bit of music again. So we're up to Denis Shapovalov at number 15. Yeah, uh, interesting year this guy had. So it took me until September, I think, to realize that he was Jewish. <laughs> um, just to build on and that. Do you like him a lot more now? I do, I do, I do. He, he sort of, I could see it, too. Some of his, his theatrics. But I'm going to give him Israeli citizenship because I just don't think in Canada, you know, he may be Canada's, he is Canada's number one player. But you never know. But you know, yeah, if he were playing with the Israeli flag, he would legit be just like the hottest thing in Israel. Yeah, so I think that's what it is. I think he needs to play for Israel. I think he needs to get, you know, to get the U.S. Open, probably 60% of the people, the fans are Jewish anyway. He'll, he'll uh, <laughs> in the Tel Aviv Open, he'll, he'll be very popular. In the Tel Aviv several, Open. You know, a- ATP 50 tournaments that they play in Israel. And uh, I just think, yeah, I think he needs that. And then they, and then it'll be a different storyline. Oh, you know, he's the first person. It would also league. just, like, really continue on, like, the tradition of Israeli tennis from Duty Sella. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can go back. There was Shlomo Glickstein and Amos Mansdorf before that. <laughs> Shlomo <yeah>. Glickstein. <laughs> <laughs> that I am not making up. Shlomo Glickstein. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were making it up, it would have been too good. Yeah. It was, I'm telling you, back in the 80s, it was slow mo Glickstein. You can look it up. And Amos Mansfield. So to carry on that great tradition. So there's a Jewish news site that um, there's an article about a match between Shapovalov and Schwartzman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. Which is great segue because Schwartzman is our number fourteen, and I have a a very a very good uh, gift for him. It's a. Guys, if you don't mind, I actually need to interrupt this uh, ske- this scheduled character to tell you a little bit more about Shlomo Glickstein. <laughs> he was uh, he's an Israeli former professional tennis player, reached a career high ranking of twenty two in November nineteen eighty two. He is a quarterfinals at the Australian Open and he has uh, he won two singles titles to his pedigree. So that Solid. is Shlomo Glickstein for you in a, in a nutshell. Solid. 22 in the world ain't bad. No, no. But Diego is number 14 in the world and I'm giving him a taxidermy rhinoceros head uh, to mount on his locker because what he really needs is a statement of virility because even though his game is awesome and like the players still respect him. I think what's really holding him back right now is his like little kid vibe, like wearing like a, a size too big uh, shirt and shorts, so he just looks even smaller than he is, and like his backwards hat, like uh, mm. he looks like a twelve-year-old, even if he's just like a freak athlete. So yeah, just, I think a taxidermy rhinoceros would really make a statement. Is he the professional tennis version of Muggsy Bogues? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually think Muggsy Bogues is a lot more absurd. (laughs) Because Muggsy Bogues was 5'3". Like, that's short for normal people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's shorter than your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um... So Schwartzman, I guess this wouldn't be a Christmas present. This would be a Hanukkah present. Um, yeah, good call, good call, good call. Yeah, he needs so, eight. Yeah, he needs eight. He needs so, eight. Um, do you have any ideas for uh, for the next uh, seven? I mean, I think that for one, if he can aggregate his Grand Slam results during the year, and they sort of have like, I mean, like if you get two fourth, you know, four fourth round round of 16 results in, in a row and some type of bonus prize. Like he needs to do some type of bargaining with the ATP tour, some type of height handicap. You know, he only has <laughs> to win five games. I mean, we saw that one set that he played against Rafa in the U.S. Open. He was playing out of his mind. I mean, probably the best set of tennis he's ever played. And I think he still lost 7-5. So he, yeah. need, he needs a handicap. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or a stool for his serve. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, like, if he's returning, he just has to get to 40 and he wins the game. And then, like, some some, some form of – because in a way, it is unfair. Like, there's no way. There's no way he can win a Grand Slam. I know that Chang won one 30, 35 years ago when some of the competition was getting older. But he, there's nothing that Diego Schwartzman could do, you know, in his current self to win a Grand Slam. He doesn't have one chance. So Maybe. There's got to be a way he has a chance. But um... – they're only if thir- they're only thirteen people who need to get wiped off the earth for him to be number one in the world, and uh, with David Ferrer was like Schwartzman's size and 
yeah, without the yeah. big three, he probably could have won. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, like, uh, the... What is it? The angel of death who, like, killed, like, the (laughs) Egyptians. Like, yeah, maybe they could, like, blight the 13 people ahead of them. Or maybe just, like, a yarmulke. I think that would be a good fashion decision. now you're talking. Who's his sponsor? Nike. A Nike yarmulke. He's Fila. He's Fila. Fila Fila yarmulke. I like it. I think that's a great call. And Marksa. And he gets Monza, and he gets and you know, and like, and 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 people to do Hava Nagila in between sets, something like that. He's a tournament in Israel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Hora. I think. uh, I think they need to like uh, every time he wins, they need to like throw him up in his chair. Yeah, I agree. That there you go. Really, (laughs) we've really warmed up. That's a terrific idea. Absolutely terrific idea. And the fans will be so pumped to see him win. Yeah. Yeah. So who has uh, Nishikori? I got Nishikori. So my gift, my main gift, is a relocation of the Aussie Open to Tokyo. Like talk about a home court advantage. What that would be. Although, honestly, that would just mean Djokovic would win it every year because Djokovic (laughs) just owns Asia. Um. Then my stocking stuffer was a revolver to uh, encourage him to shoot more. He's got big shots. He just needs to just unleash a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good gift. Um, um, so this is me. This is Fabio Fognini. So I was torn. The first thing, I, I, I have two gifts here. The first is a time warp because it ain't. I don't think it's getting any better than last year. So if he gets... You know, some type of Groundhog Day sort of pass into last year because he won Monte Carlo, which God only knows how. Won a couple others. I can't see this guy going going up the rankings. So assuming he can't go back in a time warp, I would get him some brake pads, you know, just to sort of, you know, help embrace the fall because it's, it's good as good as... Okay. Actually, he could make it to eight. I mean, the reality is he could. I just don't see him doing something that is expected. So, yeah, the wants... fact is he got really lucky this year. The thing is, though, I um I actually called him as being the guy who would definitely drop out of the top fifteen this year, and he's stuck yeah. in the top fifteen. So, I, I, uh, part of me wants to double down, but I've been burned by him by calling his downfall yeah. once already. Yeah. I mean, I'm clicking on his activity, and he was solid. He was solid tournament to tournament. He doesn't. He needs some good draws. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he looks. No, he had a pretty solid year. He actually didn't have a very good fall, believe it or not. Okay, I mean, you want to talk about Fabio Fognini? Just here's one score: the Stockholm Open. He lost to Yanko Tsitsarevic, six one six one. <laughs> he didn't. He was just collecting his appearance fee. Okay, in the prior tournament, he beat Murray, Query, Kazanov, and barely lost to Medvedev. Yeah, and then he lost. I mean, at least make it. At least. Yeah. It's like okay, give me my check, Stockholm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the next, uh, next one up is David Goffin at uh, number eleven, and 
This is actually a recurring gift, the same way our sister gets us NBA League Pass every year. I'm getting him um, a, uh, a, subs- uh, a subscription, a Vaseline subscription, where he gets a new tub of Vaseline delivered to him every two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and you know. He loved. He's loved it the last two years. We've given it to him, so I think he'll... <laughs> it's worked. It's yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah. He actually just said he actually requested it. So, um, Merry Christmas, David. <laughs> it's sliding away. Yeah, Gael Monfils. All right. So for the gift, I'm giving him a wheelbarrow. There are a few. Um, there there were a few events this past year. Um, where he grinded really hard, and it and it really sowed the seeds and paid off, and that mentality paid off for him. The U.S. Open is is an example of that, um, and uh, it's just like people have been saying it forever. But if he can really just stick in and focus mentally, um, and have that lunch pail mentality, he's uh, he's um, a really tough out. And then for um, for my stocking stuffer, I'm giving him a 60-minute session with Fire Festival ringleaders Billy McFarland and Ja Rule. Um, he really needs to develop his off-court appeal to capitalize on his flashy game. Like I, I honestly don't know why he he like doesn't do um, why he doesn't have more of an off-court following. Yeah, I think he just like. The way I think he's just that's yeah that's his personality. Um, my gift to him would be equal prize money for men and women because he's <laughs> dating like the number three tennis player in the world for women, and so like uh, that could that could really uh, really do well for uh, his future uh, um, estate. You don't think it bothers him that his girlfriend makes more money than he does? I don't think it. I don't think it would bother him at all. <laughs> Would it bother you? <laughs> no, true, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, okay, so number nine, Roberto Bottichogu. I mean, my, my gift and stocking stuff are the same thing. My gift, and you guys, I think you know where this is going, is more bachelor parties. <laughs> and the stocking stuffer is also more bachelor parties. It doesn't matter who the bachelor is. Somehow that creates an incredible incentive for him to go further in a in a in a uh, grand slam than he normally would. So I think if he can make his bachelor party an annual event, he could, you know, pick the tournament he wants to make it an annual event for. But he seems to play well with looming bachelor parties. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking a little bit of middle name surgery. I think the the middle name sort of weighs him down a little bit. So maybe he could be like Roberto Clemente Agut, um, Roberto Roberto Alomar Agut, something with a Bautista. I think he was actually Bautista was a Dominican or Chilean dictator. There's bad connotation, bad chi there. But some some something a little bit more, you know, something with a little more his, historical reverence. Yeah. What 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 I think it actually is with the bachelor party thing. Is that he either hates his friends or he doesn't really like his friends that much, or he's he's actually not a big partier and just is kind of lame in general. And when I, when he sees his bachelor party coming up, he wants to like do whatever he can to avoid actually having to go. 
Mm. And and that means winning. Yeah. Yeah, those are some gifts that would be very good for a tennis career. I bet you got I bet you were able to skip out on some birthday dinners with Margaret by virtue of winning quarterfinal matches or something like that and say, Yep, I got an early Sunday match. Gonna, <laughs> we need to go home and sleep. I got I got a funny feeling. You're speaking from personal experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um All right, so Berrettini, um, what I'm getting him is, uh, he, he'll, I'm giving him a free pass to wear, um, non-white shorts at Wimbledon. (laughs) Um, yeah, just because he wears the tightest shorts and he also sweats, like, the most on tour. And so it's just like... Yeah, everybody sees his tight Yeah, yeah, you can... I'd get him some colored boxes. Yeah, yeah, get him, get him something because, uh... I don't know. I wrote on Twitter about it, and uh, I was just like, "Can somebody give like Berrettini a change of shorts?" And like, there were people who commented on it, being like, "Well, some of us like it," and I was like, "Oh, that's creepy." Um, yeah, because it was guys, well, guys who were writing girls? that. Yeah, it was guys. Okay, that is creepy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but that's I'm what I would give him. To- Unless he sort of likes being gawked at by, like, older gay men. I'm looking at some of your tweets right now. This this wasn't from... This was from the Doubles Alley account. Go follow at Doubles Alley Pod for uh, oh, okay. tweets like this. Okay, it's Doubles Alley one. What is this little scooter thing? Oh, well, you're balancing on a, on a thing here. Yeah, no, I've seen some Doubles Alley tweets, and they look excellent. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to recommend that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Sverev, who who has Sverev? I got I got Sverev. So what about Sitsipas? Uh, Sitsipas is next. So I I got Sverev. Um, the gift I'm giving him is a Scotty dog. He needs he needs something to make him more likable. <laughs> um, I think a nice Scotty like would be just a really nice touch. Um, why a Scotty? Um. It's just a, it's just a really relatable dog. I don't know. I think, I, you know what the yeah. most respectable dog? I have so much respect for anyone walking around with a Great Dane or with a Saint Bernard. All great dogs. All great dogs. Um, and then the stocking stuffer I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him is a a knife, of the highest caliber, studded with emeralds and rubies for him to brag about, but be too soft to use during battle when he needs it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to give him an extra neck because clearly he wants to buy a lot of necklaces, but I think they weigh him down trying to get them all on one neck. <laughs> so if he could have just like a carry an extra neck around with him, I think if he took off one or two of those necklaces, he might might move around the court a little faster. He's good. He's good. But, you know, he when you're when you're trying to break the top three again, you know, you got you need all the, all the speed, all the disencumbrance you can get. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a, a a dog for Sverev and who did you get the cat for, Luca Puig? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how they would get along in the locker room. <laughs> are you Are you gonna give anyone a bird? Who can we give a bird to? We, I guess Kevin Anderson is not in the top. We 30. gave Murray a parrot a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. 
Yeah, I wonder how Murray's parrot will take to those 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 uh the new animals in the uh, locker room. So sits a pass, Mark. What do you have for him? Yeah, an interesting one. I was going to say that in in majors, the um, matches are determined by holistic scoring. So it's not just based on the numerical outcome, but also they take into other they take in other factors such as um, artistic expression. <laughs> as well as technical merit, um, because I think if we were to grade him holistically, including how well he plays the big points, you know, the compactness of his volleys, just the elegance of his game, you know, maybe they'd, they'd sort of, or if just the crowd could vote based on the series of metrics at the end of the match, because I think he's very entertaining. He's definitely a crowd pleaser. Yeah, if it were gladiator style where it was like a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I, I think so. a lot of people like watching him play. Yeah, so what I, so maybe I some system where the score the score itself counts for fifty percent, the fans vote counts for twenty five percent, and then a panel of judges exactly <laughs> gladiator style. Yeah, my 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 stocking stuffer for him would be a fig leaf that he could use to get his like Greek god statue. Um, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think I think he's well taken care of um, with with all of those gifts. Um, at number five, Medvedev, I'm getting him um, like a pack of uh, plug adapters for UK outlets because he plays so much better in tournaments that aren't the World Tour Finals or Wimbledon, um, and so perhaps it he he just wasn't able to charge himself in at night. Um, yeah, because uh, he, yeah, does, his, he doesn't uh, play in France or the UK. He actually doesn't play Western Europe all that well. Yeah, period. His wires, yeah, yeah. they were just uh, just didn't seem to be. He probably overplayed though. He probably played too much in the early part of the year, so he needs to know when to take a break. So maybe he just has to. He needs an injury. He needs like a six-week injury <laughs> somewhere in the season to recharge his batteries. Because he was hot in the beginning of the year, then he sort of flaked out in the summer European Grand Slam. And then after that, maybe he was pretty well rested after Wimbledon. And, and he went, you know, def, DEFCOM 3. So he was, <laughs> yeah, maybe something, some, some version thereof. Yeah, yeah, maybe some, like, ring finger injury on his left hand so that he can still practice a lot. And But... Yeah, what what is the injury that, like, keeps you out but is not... What is the least serious injury you can have that would keep you out of tournaments? Ring finger, left hand. That would sort of yeah, mess up your like, like that. your that toss, right. your your ball toss, and also your. He has a two-handed backhand, so that would. So he would hit a lot of forehands and serves, yeah. and volleys. Yeah. Work on a slice. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of a an injury that would be less uh, worrisome than that. So we'll we'll go with that. Um, for our, for all of our listeners, if you can think of something that's uh, that's uh, a better injury to have than that, uh, hit us up on Twitter and we'll shout you out in the next episode. Um, so, team Peter, what did you get him? So with with team, I'm um, it's it's a he's receiving a very similar gift to the one that um, to the one that Kachanov received. Um, I'm giving him a 60-minute session with Lance Armstrong. Um, 
because he have you guys heard this he's like not he's not doing the olympics this this coming year because he wants to like support some like bullshit austrian tournament that's like conflicting with the coinciding with the olympics but that's just like such a i'm sure the country of austria like is so much happier that he's playing (laughs) that tournament in the olympics exactly yeah it's just like it's just so clearly that it's just like so strange and the only thing anyone can really think of is that he just does not want to be drug tested by the olympic (laughs) association um and then uh for the stocking stuffer i'm gonna give him a candlestick so that his game can consistently blaze a um a uh bong would do the same trick Yeah, yeah, that I didn't know that he wasn't playing the. Uh, a lot of people didn't play the Olympics uh, four years ago. Like Rayanich didn't play, and Burdish didn't play. I think it is like a packed calendar, yeah. but like team is young and like a tank. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I, I it wouldn't surprise me if he was doping. Although he does seem like a, a moral morally upright guy. Yeah, has, exactly. Like, Pro ocean like uh, stances and all of that, um, yeah. So we're up to the top three now. Mark, what did you get, Roger? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, guy doesn't need much. I was gonna say two two things. One that he gets one mulligan in every Grand Slam match. Just one point. Just one point that he can use his mulligan on, because I can. Yeah, I'm sure you. We can count probably ten times where he's literally just needed to finish one point, yeah. whether it's a match point, whether it's a break point right before match point, which is one point where he gets a do-over. Either that or one point where he gets three serves, so he can go for like two first serves on it. But uh, um, that that would be my first, and feel free to add to this. And the second is that one of his ground strokes goes awry next year, so he's forced to go to net more. The guy's got the most impeccable volley game I've ever seen, but he keeps trying to beat the big guns from the baseline, and that just ain't going to happen. It's like he can't – I don't think he can really hang with anybody in the top seven from the baseline, not for any consistent amount of time. So get back to old Roger, get to net, shorten the points, because uh, no three-year-old should even be out. You know, in Grand Slam semifinals he is, but he's got to got to find a way to you know, shortcut things a little bit. Solid. Oh wait. Anything you would add to that? Um, Peter, do you, do you have anything to add? I would I would add the um, week of not making money from your cut. Yeah, I also think um, a a rock on stone hinge with his like sort of profile on it. I think he he would fit in pretty well there. Um. But yeah, I think I think we've uh, we've covered him pretty well. As for Djokovic, I'm getting him a medical marijuana prescription because maybe it'll help him care less about being liked as much as Federer or Nadal. Uh, yeah, it really seems like his mission in life is for the crowd to cheer for him as much like they do for Roger and Rafa, and it's just never gonna happen. And so yeah, he needs uh, he needs a way to you know relax. That that's exactly what Curios was saying. That's that's very Curiosian right there. Um, I think that what'll be interesting 
he's likely going to be the last of those three to retire, right? Yeah. And if Federer and, and Nadal are already retired, do the fans cheer for Djokovic more? Yeah, that'll be interesting, especially with the like Grand Slam records. I think they would be cheering against Djokovic. Yeah. Because they're still cheering for the legacies of Roger and Rafa. But has he ever been cheered against in Australia, or he just sort of gets cheered against a little bit? And against Roger in Wimbledon, a little bit against Rafa at the French, and then maybe in the U.S. But I'm saying, does he actually, does he have any type of fan disadvantage in Australia, or he is the sort of hometown favorite there, Joker? Um, well, it's France where he's the hometown favorite. No, that's true, true, true. My bad, my bad, my bad. But, uh, I think the Australians like him. But everywhere in the world, they like Roger and Rafa. Yeah, yeah. And Joker's just sort of the party crasher, and it's been like this for, like, 12 years now. Which player is better, do you think? Are they both better because of Joker's ascendancy? Or did Rafa add new dimensions to his game once Djokovic stepped up his? Um, or did it hurt Rafa? I think I think uh, Rafa uh, ha- really had to like change his game to like be competitive with Novak more than Federer did. I think sort of like how Federer had to change his game to like account for Nadal. Nadal had to do that for Djokovic. And that's the backhand, you would say specifically, or you would just say in general, you know, a little more firepower on all parts of his game. Well, against against Joker, like the way Rafa's like cheat code was hitting the ball so it top spend high to the other guy's backhand. But Joker doesn't care if it's a high backhand, and Rafa didn't know what to do after that. So basically, he just needed, um, because of that, Rafa has to play like a complete game of tennis instead of like searching for the high backhand. Yeah. No, I think um, even still, it's almost like Djokovic has cracked the code on Rafa, and. Um, I guess Rafa beat him in a cl- on clay a few times recently, and those those wins didn't feel as lucky. But it se- it feels like, and and in that in that Wimbledon match two years ago, um, that that could have gone either way. But for the most part, it's felt like Djokovic just knows how to beat Rafa. Like in the Aussie Open finals, I think what Joker does against Rafa that nobody else can do. He just hits the ball straight as whenever he can. Yeah. He'll like straighten out his backhand and nobody can straighten out his backhand the way Djokovic does. So like and that just totally breaks Rafa's game. Are we sure that J- Rafa's always been 100% physically in those finals or sometimes he's ended up against Ra- uh, Joker a little bit. I'm not saying injured but not 100% either. Whereas I think he was 100% in Australia this year. Okay, maybe. Because he was just playing so well. Like he crushed Tsitsipas in the semifinals and yeah, yeah he yeah. It, it really felt like a clash of the titans and then Djokovic just crushed him. Yeah. So Peter, what did you get Rafa? So, I got him a new boot. Um, you know, the that 
that boot that's shined up real nice. <laughs> you turn it sideways and you stick it up some Rudy Pooh candy asses. Um, he he uh, he he kicked a lot of ass this year and he needs a new one. Um, and then for the stocking stuffer, I got him a rope um, to hang to hang Federer's scalp on alongside all the others once he attains number twenty one. Ooh. When? That's pretty when gruesome that? imagery, but yeah, no, I know. <laughs> very like. I like, uh, I like the conclusion. When do you think he'll get twenty-one? Um, hard you to ask? say. Hard to say. But if if we're if we're giving him a gift, that is the gift that he would really want. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. That's the gift for the gift. Yeah. What do you think would be the coolest number twenty-one? Like. Uh, I think he'll probably win Roland Garros, but would he want to win maybe Wimbledon, Wimbledon as his twenty-one? Sure. Yeah, I think oh, he would yeah. like that. What if he Federer's beats Federer court? at Wimbledon against Federer? Yeah, yeah, that what would be awesome. Yeah, if they were both at twenty and playing in the Wimbledon final, <laughs> that would be like the match of the millennium. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you giving him as a second talking stuff? Or are you are you asking for an injury, or? Does he play those? Does he play Miami and and Indian Wells, or does he get enough of an injury in one of those tournaments? I think he's more than comfortable faking an injury if he doesn't (laughs) want to play those tournaments. (laughs) I would bet on him being injured for those tournaments. Yes, yes, yes. Well schooled. He is well schooled. Abdominal strains. Plantar fasciitis, yeah. Um, any any of you guys pick up my two themes? No, <laughs> wasn't paying attention. Boots, boot stuffings, and yeah, there's some. some, you, some so there was I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Bunch, yeah. So his, first his number one theme was Game of Thrones for sure. Those are uh, one or two. No, so uh, so I'm gonna go over some of some of my uh, some of my gifts: a rope, a candlestick, a revolver, oh, a lead clue. pipe. Yeah. yeah, and then and then others were a thimble, a race car, a cat, oh, yeah, a monopoly. Yeah. So board games. Yeah. Interesting. That time of year. It is. I did say I did mention the game Clue for Wawrinka. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought you were gonna get it with the lead pipe. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Good call. Good call. You're just. I didn't pick up. You know. I forgot to keep up with the light motif but it, it did you know it all comes together now cool well that does it fans if you uh liked what you heard go follow us on twitter at doubles alley pod um give us a five star review um we enjoy doing this this was the third annual um stocking stuffers and christmas presents um pod um and yeah the only other thing I'd add to our fans, if there's any other gifts you'd like to add, you know, that, that stuff in the stock, and we always like love to hear what gift ideas you have for uh, people in the top 30. Exactly. And without further ado, I'll do the same. <laughs>